changing your frock, if you're moving to a new place in the facility, you know, from a, a slaughter to a ready to eat portion of the plant. Um, I really think there's been a, you know, sort of a resurgence and a rethinking and a, um, a more focused application of those uh, getting back to the basics of sanitation and cleaning and personal hygiene. Welcome to Meats Pad, a platform to share breakthrough knowledge that is accessible to the entire meat industry. Be ready to hear from meat specialists who will talk about numerous topics in meat science, including animal welfare, meat production, meat quality, and so much more. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Meats Pad podcast. My name is Francisco Nahar. Today, it's a pleasure to have Nelson Gates. He's an outreach specialist at the American Association of Meat Processors. Welcome, Nelson. Uh, thank you for accepting the invitation to be on this podcast. Welcome. How are you today? Good morning. Uh, thank you for having me again. Um, um, my name is Nelson Gatiss. I am the Outreach Specialist with the American Association of Meat Processors. I have been in this position since the summer of 2016. Uh, a little bit of background about myself. I did both my bachelor's and master's at Penn State University in food science and meat science and microbiology, respectively. Today we have a very special episode because we will be touching on some of the challenges that meat processors are facing when it comes to those practices that have to be established within the processing facilities to try to mitigate COVID-19 infections. But before we start off with our conversation, what does AM do? And uh, please tell us a little bit about that and, and what's your role as an outreach specialist working for AMP? Uh, my job here at AMP uh, as outreach specialist, uh, the main position uh, is concerning questions and uh, finding answers to uh, meat processors. Uh, briefly, AMP is North America's largest meat trade organization. We uh, focus on being an association for small and medium-sized meat processors all around the country. And my position as outreach specialist uh, concerns, the main job is concerning answering questions of members, um, everything related to HACCP, to food safety, and uh, more recently, you know, dealing with this pandemic and uh, COVID-19 and how meat processors are responding to that. Um, additionally, I also uh, head up AMP's internship program and work on writing articles for our uh, weekly emails that go out, our monthly newsletter, and working on creating training materials and uh, educational videos for our membership. Good, good. This is very interesting. And so today we'll talk a little bit about, we saw that since March, since all this pandemic started, we saw that small meat processing facilities saw an increase within their sales. So if they were slaughtering 20 head cattle a week, the people, customers were demanding more beef and pork locally, so they were uh, slaughtering more animals. I mean, they have more demand. We'll touch on this in the next episode about some of those challenges they have faced. From your perspective, how has the COVID-19 pandemic affected people at the meat processing level? 
Sure. Um, I'd say overall the pandemic has really exposed kind of some of the some of the shortcomings in the meat industry. Um, there is a if you can kind of picture the meat industry, it's almost like a, a very large bottleneck where a lot of the slaughtering occurs in uh, large facilities, or I should say a lot of the animals uh, that feed into the meat industry are distributed over a wide area and uh, a large number of farms. But then uh, um, those animals are uh, pushed through and slaughtered in just a small number of facilities in the country and then distributed out again, uh, kind of referring to that bottleneck shape I was talking about. And I really think that this pandemic has more or less exposed that shape of the industry and some of the shortcomings of having such a large number of animals going through such a small number of facilities. And, you know, personally for for AMP and for our membership, this pandemic has really kind of uh, brought people's attention back to the smaller, the, the local meat processors. So those, those businesses, and especially those that are doing their own slaughtering, have, have really been doing well in this pandemic. Um, you know, I, I don't wanna make light of the pandemic and its effect on, you know, the economy and everything that's been involved with that, but more or less, it, it's been very good for our, for our membership and the, the smaller uh, meat processor overall. Good. Good, good, that's, yeah, I think that's very accurate in terms of the bottleneck that you mentioned. Um, if you look at how many companies slaughter all the animals in the U.S., there, I mean, there are a handful of them. But uh, one thing that I wanted to touch on today, as far as AMP and uh, all, the, all the structure and, and all the, those um, trainings that you guys provide to dominate has anything of, from that perspective changed due to the pandemic? I mean, in terms of maybe shifting the way we produce meat, in terms of the good manufacturing practices? Sure. Um, I, maybe to answer your question, I'd kind of do a twofold answer. Um, I'd say first, uh, I believe that employees and business owners are really reflecting back on the GMPs that are already established. You know, the very simple things of washing your hands, um, changing your frock if you're uh, moving to a new place in the facility, you know, from a, a slaughter to a ready to eat uh, portion of the plant. Um, I really think there's been a, you know, sort of a resurgence and a rethinking and a, um, a more focused application of those uh, getting back to the basics of sanitation and cleaning and personal hygiene. But um, as a second part of that uh, answer, I think that this could be sort of the new normal. Maybe um, as time goes on, uh, restrictions and you know the, the GMPs that are uh, being applied here as far as staggering the shifts of employees, um, uh, the strict changes that have occurred in the breaking rooms and the gathering areas for employees. Um, I, I think maybe we'll see some of those relax over time, but I also see those 
still being applied in some aspect. So, you know, the meat industry and GMPs and the food industry as it was a few months ago at, at the beginning of 2020, um, I, I think what has changed here is going to become the new normal and how strict or how relaxed that new normal is will be dictated as you know the next couple months of how COVID-19 um, hopefully dissipates as time goes on. The Niche Meat Processor Assistance Network, or NPAN, is a proud sponsor of the MeatsPad podcast. We are a university extension-based community of practice of people and organizations helping small meat processors thrive. During the coronavirus pandemic, we offer the following new resources for meat processors and producers. A regularly updated COVID-19 resource page for meat producers to learn more about meat marketing, bi-weekly office hours via Zoom for those looking to open a new meat processing plant, translating more of our resources into Spanish. To learn more, visit www.nichemeatprocessing.org. Would you tell us about one experience that you encounter that made you become a better person? I mean, that you'll learn from it. And just tell us a little bit about that and, and so our audience can get to know you a little bit better. Sure, I'd be happy to share. Um, some of the listening audience may know me already, and if they do, then they know that I make a few mistakes from time to time. Um, but one that really sticks out in my mind was beginning my master's project at Penn State. I um, So to back up a little bit, there's a process called enrichment, where if you are trying to test to see if a bacteria is present or not in the sample, you do what's called an enrichment where you give the bacteria a lot of vitamins and nutrients that the bacteria can use to reproduce and you try to make the environment uh, better suited for the bacteria to grow. And by doing that, you can see if the bacteria is still present or not in the sample you're taking. So I had finished my first rep. Um, the project was a pickled sausage project where I was uh, looking to destroy Salmonella, Staphylococcus aureus, and Listeria. And at the, end of the, uh, at the end of my sampling, I was doing enrichments to see if the bacteria was destroyed or not. Well, I had completely messed up the formula for creating the enrichment for those bacteria, so I pretty much had to scrap that whole rep. And I was really frustrated and I was really angry at myself for um, a day or two. And my advisor, Dr. Campbell, he pulled me aside and was just, you know, he was very uh, understanding and just was like, you know what, just learn from it. Um, you know, dust yourself off, we'll get back in the lab and just learn from it. And from that, I, I learned a lesson of, you can learn a lot from your successes, but you can learn even more from your mistakes. So I think it's just important that you can learn from your mistakes. And like I said, this can be applied to a lot of things in life and in, in business, in meat processing, where, you know, take chances, try to do something new, but also don't be afraid to do something new if you fail, because that's just a really, really great opportunity to learn something. Do you think AMP will be providing some training on that and some of the new regulations that may arise from all this situation? Yes, um, we, we are working on um, 
some applications in that sense with uh, training materials, um, some guidance documents, perhaps uh, uh, bolstering the amount of uh, training and educational videos we have. So yes, I definitely see uh, this pandemic and COVID-19 uh, calling for a need for the, those kinds of resources for our membership and for the meat industry as a whole. Out of a, an answer yesterday and this morning, and um, the AMP website has a pretty extensive resources page um, that you can just access on the main page. You don't have to be an actual member of AMP to uh, view this information. It's kind of a just a, a collection of all the relevant information we've come across over the past several weeks. All right, Dan, uh, we have seen an increased demand of certain new products. Um, again, moving that, that, uh, that demand shifting towards a more a, a smaller, medium size, uh, bar processors, butcher shops and all that. Have you guys seen uh, this too um, from, from your perspective? Yes, we have. Um, I'd say in general, a lot of the demand has fallen back to what I'd say are some of the more simple products, uh, ground beef, ground pork, uh, chicken breasts, those sort of um, kind of staple meat products for recipes. Those, those items that can be applied in, uh, to a lot of different recipes, I think, are, have really seen an increased demand since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, but I'd also... I'd also say that a lot of, you know, it being summer and the grilling season coming up, that a lot of demand for those staple items, you know, steaks, um, anything that people would be grilling, especially this time of year, have also seen a, a huge uptick in demand. Reiterating that there's no evidence that this can be transmitted through food. Mm -hmm. And how, how are we adjusting to this? I'd say when it comes to GMPs and personal hygiene and really limiting the spread of, you know, not just COVID-19, but really all microorganisms in a meat processing facility, um, the really the, the person to person contact and the person to a surface, you know, potentially spreading to another person is the real, uh, is the real focus here. And, you know, like I said, with the kind of the, the staple GMPs of washing your hands and personal hygiene, those have come back into the light as well. So if anything, you know, I, I don't want to, I would just want to say that, you know, this pandemic has really kind of shined a light back on those, those basic principles of GMPs and personal hygiene and really brought that, to the forefront of people's attention and focus and hopefully the employees you know understand a bit more of why they're doing the things they're doing concerning gmps and personal hygiene not just do it because you know you've been told to do it you're doing it because it's decreasing the potential spread of a microorganism to your other employees or to, to food contact services Okay, so it's more, so all this shift is more towards, okay, how can we prevent or minimize the actual transmission or infection of COVID-19 in our facilities? And I think this is very important because a lot of times we think, okay,
with we're seeing that okay we're putting more restrictions on how we produce safe meat and people may think that okay we're doing this because COVID-19 may be transmitted through food but we're doing it to prevent that transmission of that COVID in our facilities and that's very important to to highlight like you, you think about a processing line um, you have meat cutters that are probably what half feet away from each other I mean they're basically shoulder to shoulder so what is a trend that we're going to start seeing more in this coming years in terms of, okay, how we can do to prevent COVID-19? Sure. Um, I think, I think maybe it, uh, I'll take a, a different answer to this, but maybe a, a less scientific answer, but more of just a, uh, a better relationship and better communication between business owners and their employees, you know, and that, that trust of, you know, if an employee does not feel well, then make sure that they're not put in a position where they absolutely have to come to work because, you know, that, that does, that doesn't just encompass the the potential spread of COVID-19, but that's just really, you know, any sort of illness, you know, just the common cold, the the flu, um, anything like that, you know, we want to try and prevent any sort of spread of any sort of microorganism between employees who are working in close quarters. So I, I'd like to see that mentality of you have to go to work even if you're sick really dissipate in, in the coming years, in the coming months. And I agree. I think that trust um, that you have to build, especially that owner employee relationship and, and focus more because we, we're seeing this again this switch to um, smaller medium-sized pork or beef processors that may have maybe 15 or 20 30 employees that are very small we're going to start seeing we're going to start talking about their lower capacity so they're moving towards okay we used to kill 20 head of cattle a week and now because we have more demand we clean uh, twice as much we'll clean 40 45 head a week so that means down the road you need to have more i mean more workforce there so that's if you think about it you have you have to process more meat in the same space that tends you're going to have potentially more people in the same room and that, I mean, that, that relationship, that communication, that's very important too. And um, thank you for, for pointing that out. Sure. Um, on AMP's main webpage, uh, the, the, the main page, we have a COVID-19 business resources, resources page. And it's really a, a large collection of information related to COVID-19 that we've, we've gathered, you know, f- throughout the meat industry. Uh, includes um, updates from USDA, from the CDC, uh, a, a few webinars, uh, labor law news, uh, guidance and directives from the industry, and a few of our own uh, published materials as well. So just a really good a collection of resources that a, a small meat processor would need in this time. I typically ask one extra question. Um, mm-hmm. 
just not regarding about anything that we talk about. For example, I asked um, Brandon about why do you need to be successful in the media industry? I mean, what, what are some of the attributes that you think a, um, a meat scientist should have, especially now during this COVID-19 pandemic? I'd say a, a necessary trait and, you know, a trait that uh, really, really relevant now in these times is adaptability. Um, those businesses that are adapting to these changes that are, um, you know, increasing their capacity to slaughter or you know, developing new products, those that are beginning or increasing their online sales that are doing delivery services, um, creating meal kits. Those are the businesses that are thriving in this time. So yes, adaptability to changing situations, I think is a, a very necessary trait um, in this industry. Great. So what are some of the main differences between large and medium beef or pork processors when it comes to um, how they're producing, how they have, how they structure their production lines? Sure. Um, I would say the main difference would be the use of, the differences in the use of space. So, you know, for example, you know, in a smaller meat processing facility, you know, all the, the breakdown of a, a side of beef or a side of pork could be done on just one table by maybe just one or two individuals. Whereas when you have a larger meat processing facility, that carcass is uh, taken on a line over a much larger area and come in contact with and worked on by a much larger amount of people. And those people on those lines are, you know, as we were talking about with the spacing and GMPs, those, those people are shoulder to shoulder most of the time. So uh, a lot of the, the changes in response to this pandemic have been either spacing those employees or apart or creating barriers to potentially reduce the spread of uh, contamination of, of COVID-19 or any other microorganisms. So um, kind of getting back to the question, I would say the smaller meat processors and the smaller facilities have an advantage in that their employees perhaps are, are, are trained to do a, a larger variety of things instead of just a, a smaller number of things on a particular area of a carcass. So they can kind of go off on their own table um, with proper distance from their other employee and still accomplish the work that needs to be done. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Nelson, for being here today. Um, I think this is, this is all good, valuable information. I'm sure people out there may benefit from, from all the information you provided today. And uh, thank you. Thank you a lot. Thank you very much for having me. All right, folks, with this, we'll finalize this episode. Thank you for listening and be ready to hear from more meat specialists in the following weeks. Stay tuned. Thank you.